Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. I want to say good morning to all those who are watching online. We love you. We love our church online. Thank you so much for being so faithful. And uh, let me tell you, we are, we are full house today. We are a full house, good crowd, big crowd today. So we're grateful for everything that God is doing for you, for your faithfulness, for your commitment. Thank you for the online family who consistently joins us every week, week after week. So thank you so much. If you're with us online, let me tell you something. You need a word. Grab your Bible. All right, you're going to need the Bible today because I want you to see this scripture. I don't want you just to hear me. I don't want you to see the lower thirds. I want you to see it for yourself in the Word of God. So grab your Bible if you're online. So today... I'm uh, pretty pumped because I'm kicking off a new series called The Fight of Your Life. I'm going to do this series from now to probably Thanksgiving. I, I'm, I really haven't, I'm, I'm going to put it together week by week. I'm just going to kind of let the God, God kind of set the schedule for that. But uh, it'll take us up to Thanksgiving uh, for sure. I don't mean to make you hungry about turkey and dressing and all that. That's coming, so don't, don't lose me here. Okay, so here's the, here's, the, here's the framework of the series. It's called The Fight of Your Life. It's taken out of Ephesians chapter 6. We know Ephesians chapter 6 because it's the armor of God. But here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm going to do through this whole series. I'm going to teach the church how to fight. Not, not have a church fight. I'm going to teach the church. I don't want you to go, pastor said we need a church fight. Now, that's not what I said. I ain't got time to do a church fight, okay? I need y'all to love each other, okay? So, so I don't want to teach you how to fight in church. I want to teach the church how to fight. Does that make sense? Because I'm going to say something to you. I don't believe the church today understands what it means to fight. And that's funny to me or sad because the enemy says this. I have come to kill, to steal, and destroy. In West Texas terms, that means I've come to kick your butt, church. It's time for the church to say, uh, <laughs> you got the wrong address, hombre. I know how to fight. Not in my house, not in my yard, not in my church, not in my family. We're going to learn how to fight. We're going to learn how to fight. Some of you might have grown up fighting, Okay. <laughs> I did a little of that, okay? I'm, not, I'm sorry, but I did a little bit of that. Okay, I was saved from that, okay? But here's what I'm saying. This is a different fight. This is a different fight. I'm gonna teach you how to a different fight, okay? A couple of questions for you. Do you know how to fight? Some of you are like, yeah, I know how to fight. I fight all the time. I was fighting last night. No, well, I'm glad you came to church, but that's not the fighting I'm talking about, okay? That's a good start, Okay? There's some of you in here I know can fight, okay? Y'all were saved from fighting, okay? All right? But, but do you know how to fight? Spiritually, do you know how to fight? Do you know what your weapons are? Do you know what you have at your disposal as the king's kid? 
Have you been taught how to use the weapons? I'm gonna teach you how to fight. Not only do you know you how to fight, but do you know you're in a fight? Some of you need to wake up. You're in a fight. You're in a fight for your own life because the enemy says, I'm gonna come and kill, steal, and destroy you. But you're in a fight for your marriage. You're in a fight for your family. You're in a fight for your kids. You're in a fight for your, your city. You're in a fight for your state. You're in a fight for your nation if you haven't figured that out in a while. There's some churches in California that are understanding that, that we're in a fight to save our church. There are people trying to quiet the voice of the church. Mm-mm. Not in my church. Amen. If I'm in California, I'm like, no, 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 no. If you have, if you're breathing today, you have reason to praise. And I'm telling you, as long as I'm breathing, I'm praising. Uh, you can't quiet the church. We're in a fight. And if we're going to be in a fight and we're in a fight, you better learn how to fight. So that's what I'm going to do this series, teach you how to fight. Amen. Teach you how to fight. So here's another question. Is spiritual warfare a real deal? Spiritual warfare a real deal? It is a real deal. There's an absolute war in the spirits going on. There's a spirit, there's a war going on spiritually right now for your attention to be distracted from what God is trying to say to you. Why do you think you got to use the bathroom every time in church? Just saying. Get you, go to the bathroom. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you in here and the enemy goes, go to the bathroom. Run. Spiritual warfare is happening everywhere all the time. And it's happening right now for your attention. Are you going to give it to God or are you going to get distracted by what you're going to do after church? See, if you give your attention to God, God might change your life and make you different. But if God can distract you about where you're going to eat lunch, guess what? He keeps you just like he is. How many of us want to stay just like we are? I want to be more like Christ. I want to be more like Jesus every day. Spiritual warfare going on. Let's go to the playbook. Ephesians chapter 6. You got your word. Go there. I am... Uh, I'm going to be reading out the NIV. You can read out New King James, Old King James, Middle-Aged King James. I don't care what you read out of, okay? <laughs> There's not such thing. I'm sorry. But just grab your word. Go to it. Ephesians chapter 6. Today, just one verse in the text, but a whole bunch of verses, but just one verse today. Look at it, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The whole subtitle is called The Armor of God. We'll get to all the pieces later. Uh, but we got to get the first thing, first thing first, all right? Verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. See, we read that real fast. When we get here, we read that real fast. Oh, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Ooh, and we take off. Why? Because what's real sexy in this passage is all that armor. I want the sword. Give me the shield. Give me the helmet. Breastplate. I mean, we're all that stuff. Why? Because that's what we like. That's that's cool. But see, I know this. If you don't start right, you'll never finish right. And see, there's a reason that he starts the way he does. I'm going to walk you through this. The first word is finally. If anybody's ever talking to you and you're having a conversation with them and they say these words, well, finally. Now, in order to say finally, guess what? You had to have had to say something before that. Nobody walks up to you and begins a conversation like this. Finally, you're like, dude, you got issues. You don't start a conversation with finally. You ain't said anything. You have no reason to say finally yet. 
So it's kind of like this. Finally means I've said some other things that are more that are very important. You need to read them and make sure you understand them before you go to the next. So finally, we got to stop there and go, hmm, wonder what else he said. It's kind of like in conclusion, right? Or remember what I said. Or I've taught you that when you see therefore in the Bible, you always want to ask, what's that therefore, therefore? Because in order to find out what that therefore is therefore, it's important because you want to know why therefore is therefore. Does that make sense to you? Don't say repeat that, okay? You got to know what your therefore is therefore. It's therefore a reason. So he says, finally. So we need to figure out what he said before that because if we're going to do anything after finally, we better figure out that what he said was probably pretty important. Amen? So he begins with some simple word that we never take for granted. We never really give it. We take it for granted. We don't give it any attention. It's called finally. So he says, finally, in conclusion, remember, therefore, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Not why do I be strong in the Lord. Not how do I be strong in the Lord. See, when we're asked to be strong in the Lord, we say, well, I gotta be strong in the Lord. Well, how do I be strong in the Lord? How many people ask that? That's a good question to ask. How, Lord? You, you want me to be strong in the Lord, but how do I be strong in the Lord? Well, let me show you a very interesting thing about this text. Not, it does not say with the Lord, does it? Does it say with the Lord? No. It says what? In the Lord. Can I tell you how big that is? That's a big difference between with and in. See, I can be with the Lord and do a whole bunch of stuff. But if I'm in the Lord, I'm totally different. See, I can be with the Lord at church, but I can be in church and not be in the Lord. Y'all need me to say that again because some of y'all are like, what? All right. I can be with the Lord at church, in church. But just because I'm with the Lord in church doesn't mean I'm in the Lord while I'm in church. Let me show it to you in Scripture. Go to Ephesians. Let's go back because it's important to see what he said before. So go back a couple of pages to chapter 1 of Ephesians. I want you to look at verse 11. We can't do anything after finally unless we understand what finally was, all right? Verse 11 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in, in conformity of purpose or of his will. In order that we who were first to hope in Christ, remember that word, in Christ, all right, might be for the praise of his glory. Verse 13. And you also were included where? In Christ, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and watch this, having believed you were marked in him, again, in him, with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Verse 14, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance 
until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You heard the gospel, you believed the gospel, you put your faith and trust in the gospel, you were saved, born again, gave your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit came inside of you, it marked you, it sealed you, and that is your guarantee, your deposit to your inheritance. That's what he says. See, that's the finally. See, you can't be strong in the Lord if you're not in the Lord. People trying to be strong in the Lord who are only with the Lord. Listen to me. You can't be with the Lord and be strong. You can know you need to be strong. You can want to be strong. You can put forth effort to be strong, but because the Holy Spirit does not live inside of you, you have no power to be strong. No power. Flip over just a little bit further. Look at verse uh, chapter two. Look at verse eight and nine. For it is by grace you've been saved. Through what? Through faith. It is what? It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no man can boast. No man can boast. So listen to me. There's a philosophy, there's a thought out there that, that we can be good enough to get to heaven. <laughs> I wanna ask a simple question. If man can do enough good stuff and be good enough to get to heaven, then why in the name of Jesus did Jesus have to have nails driven through his feet, nails driven through his hands, a, a sword stuck in his side and thorns shoved on his head and beat with cat and nine tails? Why did he get hung on Calvary? Why did he carry a cross down the Via Della Rosa all the way up to Calvary, stuck in the ground, hung up there for all to see? Why do you have to do all that if I can do, do enough? You can't do enough. You can't be enough. You can't act good enough. There's nothing in you. Yet, while I was a sinner, Christ died for me. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, I'm looking at a whole bunch of whosoever's, believeth in him, shall not perish, shall not go to hell, but have eternal life. Why? Because I did something? <laughs> no, because he did something for me. He took my place. He took my place. He did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Thank you, Lord is right. There was a man named Nicodemus. He was in John chapter three. Nicodemus, he a smart hombre. He's smart. He's real intelligent. He's like a sinner to today. Some of y'all are like, they're not so smart. They are, okay. Uh, they just don't act like it sometimes, okay? But he's a smart man, very intelligent man. But he knew there was something different about Jesus, and he knew there was something missing in him. So he comes to Jesus at night. See, Jesus was the first one that coined Nick at night. See, Dizzy didn't do that. Nick at night, that came from the Bible. They just stole that from the Bible, okay? So he came to Jesus at night. Why? Because he didn't want his little buddies to see him. So he secretly finds Jesus at night. And he, he, he wants to know what there is about Jesus. He, he, Jesus knows that he, he's empty. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, here's the deal, dude. You, you can be born physically of water from your mom, but, but that's not enough. You must be born of the spirit. 
Spirit gives birth to spirit, and flesh gives birth to flesh. Nicodemus, don't be fooled. You must be born again. Let me say it to you simple. Don't be fooled. You must have two birthdays, a physical birthday and a spiritual birthday. Can I ask you this? When's your spiritual birthday? When was the day that you met Jesus and you were born again and you've never been the same again? Some of you know that as soon as I said it. Some of you are going, I'm not sure. And some of you are thinking, I don't have, I don't have two birthdays. I've never, Pastor, I've never even been asked that question. Today could be your birthday. And let me say this to you. God would love for today to be your birthday. He said today is a day of salvation. Amen. Some people I meet, they tell me about an experience that they have and that that's when they found God, like a car wreck or something else. Now, I'm not underestimating the power of an experience because God can cause some things to happen to get people's attention. But you can't just have an experience with God and, be, and have salvation with God. They can come at the same time, but sometimes they don't. If that was true, there's a woman that we know her as a woman at the well who had an experience <laughs> that didn't change her. The woman at the well in John chapter four had five husbands and was shacked up playing house with a guy, and that wasn't her husband either. She was empty, hollow, and miserable even after five husbands and living with a man. That's a lot of experiences, okay? If, if, if anybody was gonna be saved by experiences, that woman would have been saved, okay? That didn't happen. She comes to the well in the middle of the afternoon when it's hot and no one comes. And lo and behold, Jesus was there, the one she needed the most. And Jesus said, listen, you can continue to fill your life with relationships with, with 10, 15, 20 guys and it will never satisfy you. It will never fill that void. If you drink the water that I give you, it will spring up in you to eternal life and you will never have to keep coming here and drawing water again. There's some of us in the room who are trying to have the right relationship and get in the right relationship and do the right thing in order to have eternal life and experiences like that will not do it. Jesus said, you drink my water, you'll never thirst again. Never thirst again. John's gospel in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one, and he's not trying to be mean here. He's not. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. John 10 says he's the gate. Can't enter any other way for the sheep except through the gate. Salvation is the only way you can move from being with the Lord to being in the Lord. And if you wanna be strong, you gotta be in the Lord, in Christ, not with Christ, not, not with the Lord, but in the Lord. The second very important aspect of salvation is baptism. 
Baptism does not get the attention that it needs to get because there's a phrase, and it's right, but it's, it's done damage, and that is that baptism is not necessary to go to heaven. It's not. Baptism will not save you alone. Jesus saves you. The prayer you pray to receive Christ as Savior and Lord, that's what saves you. Baptism does not save a person, okay? But baptism is very, very, very important because Jesus said that baptism, scriptural baptism, is the first step of obedience. Listen to me. I grew up playing baseball, and I could rip one in the gap off the wall, and I could book around first base, and I could be so excited about that double I just crushed in the gap. I went shopping in the gap and hit it in the gap, and I could cram around first. I could head first slide in the second. That umpire could say, you're safe. I stand up. I dust off. I look for my girlfriend. She thinks I'm great. And then I dust off, and then the pitcher gets the ball back. He steps on the mound, and he says, I want to appeal that he missed first base. He throw the ball to first base. First base can catch the ball, steps on the bag. First base umpire says, you're out. And I'm like, Sim, I just hit the ball off the wall. You can't call me out. In baseball, you miss first base, you don't get second. You say, well, we're under grace. <laughs> I understand grace, but I also understand this. Why get saved if you're not going to follow Jesus? Is that, just, is that a good question? Why get saved if you're not going to follow Jesus? Isn't that why you got saved? Isn't that what you needed? You needed change in your life, didn't you? You need to be saved, born again. So if, you've, if you pray a prayer to receive Christ and you're born again, and you were once blind, but now you see. You were once hopeless, but now you have hope. You had no purpose, and now you got purpose. Then why not follow Jesus? Jesus said, baptism's important. Do likewise. Do what I did. He said, did Jesus get baptized? Yes, he did. Well, I don't believe you, preacher. I thought, I'm not asking you to believe me. So let's believe the Bible. Let's go there. All right? Go to Matthew chapter 3. I don't want you to take my word for it. You may not like me. I want you to like me, but you may not like me. All right? Go to Matthew chapter 3. This simply subtitled, The Baptism of Jesus, <laughs> so that you're not confused. Okay, verse 13, Matthew chapter 3, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all the righteousness. Then John consented. Verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at the moment, heaven opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son who I love, and, I, and with, him, with, with him I am well pleased. Jesus goes into water, all the way into water, comes up out of the water, heaven opens, a dove lands on him, and the father says, that's my son who I'm well pleased. 
Is baptism important? (laughs) I believe it is. Listen to me. If you're going to be all that God wants you to be and you're going to run the race marked out for you, don't miss first base. Don't miss it. You say, well, Jeff, I was saved when I was a little kid and I got baptized. And then later when I was a teenager, I didn't understand what I was doing when I was little and I got saved again. What? What? Time out. My wife's story is similar to that. My wife was seven years old. To be obedient to her mom, her mom drug her to, her pa- to the pastor. She will tell you that she was literally drugged by her hair. But she went to the pastor. No one's going to disappoint the pastor. All right? So the pastor says, pray this prayer. She prayed the prayer. So fast forward 20 years. We've been married almost seven It's coming up to be 20 years she's been saved. She's almost 27 from from seven. She looks back over 20 years of being saved. She says, no fruit in my life. I see no change, nothing, no change. One morning I got up, she wasn't in bed. That's a scary thing because I always get up and my wife's in bed. She's in part of the house. She's, She's on her knees, got the Bible, and she looks at me and she says, I know what it is. And I said, you know what? She says, I know why I'm struggling. I'm not saved. I said, well, you know what to do. Her dad's a minister. She's married a pastor, bless her heart. She knows what to do. And so I knelt down and I held her and she prayed. And my wife's not a very big person. She was so heavy. And after she prayed, it's like, all of that yoke came off, and she was light as a feather. I pictured the dove landing on her, just light. I baptized her a couple of weeks later. She's never been the same since. Why did I baptize her? I thought she already got baptized, Jeff. I did. She did. You see, this baptism right here, all she did was get wet because she didn't even know what she was doing. Jesus said, don't get baptized to get wet. Get baptized because I did it following salvation. So over here is when she really got saved and born again. Now you got to get your baptism on the right side of salvation. See, over here, it's on the left side. Don't make no sense. You don't get baptized and then get saved. It's called believer's baptism, meaning it means you're a believer, then you get baptized, okay? That makes sense to everybody? So her baptism was over here, wrong side. Jesus said it's first base, after salvation, after salvation. She didn't get saved again, okay? She got saved Call it what it is. See, in the church, we say that sometimes. Someone walks up to you and says, I got saved again. What? I didn't. I, must, I need to get saved again. See, that's confusing churchy words. What happened was she never was saved. She did a ritual. She did something that we were told to do, but didn't have a heart that echoed what had happened. She didn't know what she was doing. Now she got saved. Salvation first. Baptism, second. Now, I know I'm talking to a lot of different religious backgrounds, 
And a whole lot of things get called baptism out there in churches. I'm, I'm not saying anything about how you were raised or the church you attended or any other church. I'm just simply saying, why are you going to get saved and, and, and not follow Jesus in baptism? If you're going to get saved and you're born again and you are saved, why not follow Jesus' example in Scripture? Don't you want to be like Jesus? Jesus said, when, my, when Jesus came out of the water, God said, that is my son who I'm well pleased in. When we baptize over here and we bring a child, a son, a daughter, a man, a woman out of the water, let me see what happens. You're raised to walk a new life. And all of heaven just breaks out like a Super Bowl. And the father smiles and goes, that's my son, that's my daughter, I'm well pleased. See, don't you want to hear that before you die? Tell me about it. I want to stand before Jesus and hear, well done. Well, I do too, but I like to hear it while I'm living. <laughs> Why well, I got to wait to die to hear it? That's depressing. What if I'm 90? Then I can't even hear. Amen. I want to hear it when I'm 19. God, you proud of me? I'm proud of you, Jeff. Good job. That's a good job, son. Well, please, son. Good job. Way to hear me and, and be obedient. Well done. Baptism is a big deal. So if you're here today, you grew up a different background, different religious background, but later on in life, whether it was in high school or college or when you got married, you met the Lord. You were changed, man. You're born again, saved. But you never took care of baptism. And you think, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. You can go to heaven without being baptized. That's right, you can. But you know what you can't do? You can't be obedient. You can't be obedient unless you're baptized. You say, yeah, I can. No, you can't. First step of obedience is baptism. I'm gonna make a bet with you. If you get the first one wrong, how in the world are you gonna get second, third, fourth, 15, 22nd, 92nd? How are you gonna get all those obediences right when you can't get the first one right? You miss first base and you go to second and you dust off and you miss first, you're well, I'm in the grace. I know you're in the grace. But how much you line up your life with Jesus and model his example and get baptized and get baptized? Third is this. We're doing three today. Three aspects of the scripture. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. In the Lord is what? In the Lord is born again in Christ and sealed with what? Baptism. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. You know what that means? That means salvation changed me from the inside. Baptism is just an example of what happened inside of me. I died to my old self. I was raised to walk as a new creation. That's it. It's like taking a bath. Your mama told you when you're a little boy to go take a bath, and you went in the bathroom, you got in the bath water, made a bunch of noise with your boats and your balls, and then you scream, Mom, I'm ready. Mom comes in there, gets you out of the bathtub, starts drying you off. She goes, good gosh, boy, you smell like a puppy. Did you use soap? No, I didn't use no soap. I just played with my boats. I told you to take a bath. See, that's a beautiful example of salvation and baptism. Soap cleanses us. 
right? He cleanses us. Salvation cleanses us from the inside, makes us new. We take a bath. It's like using soap. We go in dirty. Woo, we come out smelling good, clean, bought by the blood of the lamb, ready to live the new life in Christ. Some of y'all are taking baths, but you're not using soap. So you stink. You stink. Everywhere you go stinks. You want your friends to come to Christ? You come to Christ. Just because you got wet one time in baptism doesn't mean you're a believer. Baptism doesn't save anybody. Just gets them wet. The soap, the blood of Jesus, cleanses your sin, makes you new. Then your baptism makes sense. Outward expression, inward change. Some of us need an inward change. We're trying to do a whole bunch of religious activities. That's outward expressions. You're running the race like a hamster on a wheel. You're tired, but you're not going anywhere. Quit running religious races. Do the Bible. Be born again. Follow Jesus in baptism just like he did, and the Father will say, well done. Well done. Don't worry about man's applause. It fades. It changes like seasons. Hear the Father's applause. Hear the Father's applause. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. What? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. What is that? What is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, my friend. In Acts 1, go to Acts 1 real fast. Jesus is talking to him. He's taking up to heaven. He says, you boys just got to hang out right here in Jerusalem because something about to happen. Something about to happen. Verse 80 says this, but you, believers, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth, all the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses when? When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you have power, dynamite. It's the power, octane. It's the gas that drives you. Look at Ephesians. Again, we looked at six. Remember, he said the word finally means he set some stuff before that that we need to do in order to do the stuff on the right side of finally. We can't do the stuff on this side of finally if we hadn't done the stuff on this side of finally, amen? Because that finally is not gonna make any sense. Come finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Oh, we gotta go back and look at what finally means. We looked at it from salvation. I want you to look at it from the Holy Spirit. Go to Ephesians chapter five. Right before six, right before the finally. Look at verse 17, therefore, every time you see therefore in the Bible, you say, what's that therefore, therefore? Some of y'all are going, that's going to last for the rest of your life. Therefore, do not be a foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Oh, that's beautiful. How many people want to do God's will? I do. Here it is. Here it is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. <laughs> I want to be like Jesus. I got saved like Jesus. I want to be baptized like Jesus did. Now I want to be like Jesus. I want God's will for my life. I want, to be, I want to be right in the middle of God's will. Okay, then you can be filled with the Holy Spirit every day of your life. Be filled. Wake up in the morning. Got air to breathe? Mm-hmm. I got reason to praise. God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray you feel me. May I die to self. May there be less of me 
and more of you. May I decrease, may you increase. God, may you baptize me in the Holy Spirit. May you immerse me in the Holy Spirit. May you cover me in the Holy Spirit. May you fill me with the Holy Spirit because I wanna walk out of here seeing what you want me to see, hearing what you want me to see, and doing what you want me to do. How are you gonna do something you're not covered with? If the Holy Spirit says go to that dude right there and pray for him, if you're not asking God to fill you with it, how in the heck are you gonna hear him when he says it through the Holy Spirit? He said, well, that guy went over there and did that. I thought about doing that. Well, you're still here. You missed again. Well, why do I keep missing, preacher? Why you keep hearing and I keep missing? I'm saved, you're saved, I'm baptized, you're baptized because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit of God and the God speaks through the Holy Spirit and you're not hearing it. That's why you're a day late and a dollar short. You're not there. That train's gone. You, you can't get it back. I should have prayed for my neighbor. I knew I should have prayed for my neighbor. The Holy Spirit would have told you to go pray for your neighbor and out of obedience because you got the first one right, you got the second one right, and you would have went and prayed for your neighbor. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's a question for you. The question is not, when did you get the Holy Spirit? You got the Holy Spirit at salvation. Marked with a seal, guarantee your inheritance. Okay? But when, but when did the Holy Spirit get you? Big difference. Mike Minke says the greatest word in the, in the Christian life or in the Bible is surrender. Surrender, baby. That means you die to self. That means you die daily. That means you have a funeral daily. See, I want to die to Jeff every day and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come inside of me and live through me. I surrender my life to the Holy Spirit, the greatest power God ever gave the church. And without the Holy Spirit, the church has got squat. We ought to shut the doors and turn into a flea market. Because without the resurrection power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, why in the heck do we gather? The same Holy Spirit that birthed Jesus in Mary without, without even having sex. The same power that we get excited about at Easter that resurrects Jesus from a tomb is the same Holy Spirit power that lives in you and me with the Holy Spirit. Same one. Same one. So why don't we walk in that power? Because we get up every day and we run this race without him. He says, you have not because you ask not. You're not spirit-filled because you don't ask me for spirit-filled because you're just happy just like you are, just being you. Why not ask God to empower you and baptize you and fill you and cover you with the Holy Spirit God and rock your world? He'll rock your world, man. Your wife won't recognize you, husband. That's my man. No, that's Jesus through your man, but that's okay. Listen to me. You want power in your life? Holy Spirit power. Holy Spirit's your power. Ephesians 1.13 says, you marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Right? Salvation. That's when Jesus becomes your savior. When does Jesus become your Lord? <laughs> when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit every day, you are surrendered to the boss, the Holy Spirit boss. I do only what the Father says. That's what Jesus said. You know what I do? The only what Jesus says. Through the Holy Spirit's power, that's what you need in your life. Verse 17, we talked about it a while ago. But understand what the Lord's will is. 
You wanna do God's will, there's not a person in here that's born again and saved, baptized, that doesn't want to do what God's will is. They wanna know what God's will is. Number one question, if every teenager or college student is, what is God's will for my life? I, I can tell you real simple. Number one is being saved. Number two is being baptized scripturally, just like Jesus. And number three is to be filled daily with the Holy Spirit of God. Boom. Well, what else? <laughs> I'm not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says, I got much to say to you, but I can't say them right now because you can't handle it. For he says in John, he says, but you sit with me because I'm gonna speak to you. And when I speak to you, you're gonna hear it and do it. You wanna do God's will? Do God's will by what? Salvation, scripturally baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Three things. You need to be three for three, my friend. Three for three. If you're three for three, then you're ready for the armor of God. Because why in the world do we need to learn about the armor of God if we're not three for three? What are you gonna do with armor if you're lost? I have no clue. If I put it on you, if God put it on you and dressed you up, you wouldn't know how to fight. You don't even know who you're fighting. Really, you're fighting yourself because you're lost. Get saved and born again. That's the most important thing. I'm gonna teach you how to win. I'm gonna teach you how to be victorious. I'm gonna teach you how to win at home. Win with the power. That's the Holy Spirit. There's the armor of God that you need in your life, but I don't wanna put armor on something that's not sure they're born again. They won't know what to do with it. So here's the deal. Finally, be strong. Where? In the Lord. Question, are you in the Lord? Not with the Lord, in the Lord. If you're in the Lord, have you been scripturally baptized? Well, I don't think it's that important. We just saw it's important. If Jesus did it, it'd be really wise if you did it. And he did it. If you're born again, get baptized. If you're done, if you're two for two here, ask yourself, Am I filled daily with the Holy Spirit power? Am I spirit filled? You say, well, them people are just flat, freaky preacher. I've seen them. They're weird. Can I help you? They were weird without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> just saying. I've met them. They were weird before that. All right? Being weird before the Holy Spirit fills you and being weirder after the Holy Spirit fills you is not a shocker. It's like snow in January. All right? That's not a shocker. When it's snowing in July, that's something to talk about, all right? Jesus said, you need to be born again. You need to follow me in scriptural baptism, and you need to follow me, as Paul said, the greatest Christian ever, we say. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit every day, every day. I'm gonna invite you to stay in church I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on up. If you're listening to us online, I wanna thank you, but I wanna ask you those same questions. Has there been a day in your life you've been born again? Do you have two birthdays? If you've been saved, have you been scripturally baptized? And if you've been born again and scripturally baptized, have you done as Paul says in Ephesians 5, 18? You've been filled with the Holy Spirit of God.
wherever this broadcast finds you, you can do that. Right in your house, right in your car, right in your workplace. Church, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Have you been born again? Have you been born again? Do you have two birthdays? Have you, have you been scripturally baptized? Just like Jesus. And then, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Every day, wake up. Say, God, fill me. Fill me fresh. Because you can get moldy. Fill me fresh with the Holy Spirit of God. We are in a battle. The first step of winning the battle is being a king's kid. Being saved, baptized, and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Then and only then we can discuss putting on armor. Because you'll know the battle then. You'll know the commander and you'll go fight. This altar will be open. There'll be people flanked to my left and right. If you've never cried out to God, cry today. He'll save you just like that. He'll walk out different. If you need to get your baptism right, you come tell somebody, we'll get that done. We baptize again October 11th. We'll dunk everybody, all right? If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit's power because you think, well, I didn't grow up that way. Well, now that you are grown up, do that, all right? Change your life, rock your world. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. God, thank you. Thanks for speaking. Father, right now, the Holy Spirit is in charge. May we not, may we not disappoint the Holy Spirit. May we not grieve your spirit. You have spoken. We have heard you. And now you're, all you're asking is, if you love me, obey me. So may we obey you to your glory in Christ's name. Amen, amen. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.